Good evening, everyone. This is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Um, unfortunately, we have some sad news to report that uh, WWE has lost another brother, so to speak, in the wrestling business with the passing of Darren Drozdoff, known as Draz. So we would enjoy everybody. We would like everybody to join us as we do a 10-bell salute in memory of Darren Drozdoff. Much at all. Much. Frank, Frank, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so Money in the Bank is it? Uh, yeah, Money in the Bank. Monday Night Raw is in the books. Money in the Bank was in the books last week. Yeah. So, you guys want to get ready to start talking about the matches? That's I what we. That's what we're here for. All righty. All right. Well, Monday Night Raw opened all up. All right. Okay, go ahead. Just walk over me as I talk. Just go for I it. Just, I'm done. I just said, all righty. As I was talking, just go. Go with the start. All right, well, we had the Seth promo, which I thought was good. Seth Rollins always, always does a great job on the mic. He was interrupted there by Cody Rhodes, which uh, kind of surprised me, but kind of didn't. I mean... I don't know if we're going to have anything else going on between Cody and Seth again. But just as soon as Cody started to speak, out came Brock Lesnar. And Cody wasted no time in going after Brock Lesnar. And after those guys finished their business and doing whatever they had to do with each other, to attacking each other, Cody went right back into his, I mean, uh, Seth went right back in with his promo and, was interrupted by Dominic in the Judgment Day. So I thought it was uh, actually a good promo. I love it when Seth just stands there with his arms out and they sing a song. I, I love that part of his promos. I thought it was real good. I gave it an A. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Seth, you know, Seth was out. Um, you know, got pumped up. Um He was starting to allude to, or at least sound like he was starting to allude to, kind of wondering who his next challenger was going to be. And then Cody Rhodes came, you know, music came, he came out, and I'm like, okay, uh, I mean, uh, do I want to see Cody and Seth again? And then... It's like, well, they, they've got to be doing... No, they can't. And then Brock's music hit, and like, okay, all right, so why did you have to 
waste time doing this to have, you know, the quote-unquote two most popular guys on Raw um, in the ring just to get cheap pops. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it, didn't understand it. Um, I would have much rather have seen, you know, the way it was going with Brock and Cody where Cody was out doing a promo and Brock attacked him. Or Brock answered, you need to interrupt Seth Rollins for that. It was stupid. It was useless. Um, Judgment Day came down without Finn Balor. Um, Damian Priest, you know, teased cashing in on him at any time. Um, Seth Jen then challenged um, Dirty Dom. I guess that's what they're going to start calling him now. And re-accepted for him and... You know, Seth kind of, you know, left the ring walking away. Um, I just, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like Seth Rollins. I mean, I have three Seth Rollins shirts, only two of them fit. But I just, I didn't understand the whole Cody Brock Lesnar thing in the middle of it all. It just didn't make sense to me. I, I gave, I gave the whole thing a B minus. Mister Twenty Four Seven. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, although I liked the, the Cody and Brock part, it was just a weird spot. But it didn't make much sense, like, where it was. I mean, unless they were trying to, you know, have Cody come down and make us think, oh, we're going to get that match again. Yeah, no, I, and I, just, I, I think Trivia is totally frozen right now. We may have oh, yeah. lost him. I mean, it's his feed, so I don't know. Whoop, there he is. He's back. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the voices are not coming in clear at all. Well, because you keep freezing on your end. I mean, me and DJ, I mean, we're no issues between, you know, on us. You you keep freezing constantly on and off. Um, you see something there. And he just froze again. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, DJ. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, through it. Um, I, I did, I, I did find it weird where it was. What I, I did like about the Brock part was when they were fighting, they're in the ring. He, you know, he Brock did a good job at getting that coach another to him. No, he leaned. You know, I, I can't even fighting. understand him. All right, then just end the and video. I'm, if you, if this isn't going to make any sense, if we're doing it this way. Um, we're getting such crappy reception once again through the awesome Facebook Live app. Yeah. We might have to go. We apologize for technical difficulties. We will be back with you in one moment. Um, yeah, so I, I did like how Brock was very given in their little get-together in the ring. You know, he, gave, he walked right into the Cody Cutter... Usually, you know, the old Brock, I ain't going out there and taking that move, you know, for nothing. Why would I do that? So, I like that part of Brock now. Um, but, again, why here? Why in this spot? Because Seth just came right back in the ring. I'm like, oh, okay. I already graded it. And then I was like, oh, we're keep going here. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the rest was okay, too. Like, I, I mean, obviously, we're going to see Damien come down and mess with him probably every week. You know, so all that was fine and dandy. Um, yeah, 
Dirty Dom it is now, I think. Because <laughs> literally everyone was saying it. Like, the yeah. announcers. Even uh, the graphic when he got, you know, later on in the show. It's Dirty Dom. So I'm like, all right, cool. Dirty Dom. Um, and the amount of booze. I feel like they get more and more. I don't know how they could, but like more and more every time he comes out. Because this time I feel like this was this. He got booed, booed. Um, so I, I, I always like to watch that. Um, overall, now we, you know, to, to set up that match with Seth, fine. We got to have Seth, by, I guess, do something. Um, overall, I'll say B my I'll give it a B minus just because the weirdness of the middle part. Okay. Uh, they then went to a commercial break, and when they came back from the commercial break, Damian Priest was already in the ring for his opponent, Nakamura. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. And, I mean, it was an okay match. Um, Nakamura's, I mean, he's, he's good in the ring. I just I just don't know where exactly Nakamura fits in this uh, in this roster, on this roster. Um, I mean, I, I, just because of his, his popularity um, outside of the continental United States, I don't ever see them shelving him, but I just feel bad for him because maybe on a different platform he may get chances to, you know, get titles and stuff like that. Um, but this was, you know, a, a, a you know decent match. Um, you know, some of the outside of the ring things that happened, uh, okay. Um, Damian Priest, you know, showed his strength and, and eventually came off with the win. Um what was it? The yeah, I mean, it was nothing really that that I have down that jumped out at me specific about it. Um, you know that that one thing that I remember is the clothesline that Damian Priest gave to Nakamura that turned him inside inside out before you know the final move of the match was was pretty impressive. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think Damian Priest showed that he's going to be a badass. And, you know, the WWE is definitely, definitely giving him his push. And I, I gave the whole thing a B-. minus. Mr. 24-7. Yeah, I agree with you, too. Uh, I gave it a B- minus also. Um, I, it, it sucks for Nakamura. I feel, I feel bad for Nakamura because... You know, they when they brought him here to WWE, I mean, he was in Japan and he was on top of the world. Like, he was one of the best. I think he was even the Intercontinental Champion at the time, maybe, or right around it. He was, like, a huge, huge guy. And then he came here and he was big for a little while because he was a new guy. But they just did nothing really with him forever. And you're right. He doesn't really fit that much. And it sucks because he's really good. You know, he's better than a lot of these people. So that's unfortunate for Nakamura. Um, Priest, yeah, you're right. Again, showed why he's just going to be the badass with the briefcase for a while. Um, so I'm okay with it all. And the one thing I had underlined was the clothesline. Um, yeah, he did freaking knock him out of his boots. Um, and that was probably the best part of the match. So, I, yeah, I have to agree with the B-minus. And Mr. Trivia. 
yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely agree. It was a good match. I mean, you know, to echo what DJ was saying, I don't know what they're doing with Nakamura. I mean, he's a former Money in the Bank winner, former Intercontinental Champion. Um, like Greg said, you know, where does he fit in in the roster and everything? And yeah, that clothesline. Last time I saw a clothesline like that was JBL. I mean, I thought I thought he killed Nakamura with that thing. But um, I I thought it was a, a pretty decent match. And if Damian Priest continues on what he's doing here then maybe WWE made the right choice in giving him the briefcase. Because he looks like he's going to be a, a badass when it comes to that briefcase. So I gave the match a B plus. Okay. Um, after that, we then had Ronda Rousey come down to the ring. I mean, they advertised um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez next. But then before... When they came back from the commercial, Ronda Rousey came down to the ring to be confronted by Shayna Baszler. Mr. 24-7. This was so good. This was, this was to me, the the best part of the whole show. Uh, Shayna, yeah, given this is a, you know, this was an an easy storyline to make and come out with. But she did a hell of a fucking job, I think. Because, um, like, you think of Shayna Baszler, you don't think of Mike work. You don't think of, you know, you just think of kind of a badass chick who should be beating people up. I thought she did great on the mic. I thought the shit she was saying, every single bit of it was true. You know, and it was just stuff that people just thought of and wouldn't say, really. And she said it all. And... I think it works. I, I think it, uh, it 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 works great, especially if it leads to her winning, you know, beating her at say SummerSlam or something. You know, if it leads, that's gonna make her her career. I think. Um, so I'm I'm all for all this. The way it all went and Ronda in the ring, just the you know the her the face that she had the whole time, just like about to start bawling. It was it was great to me. Um, I want B plus. Okay. Trivia. Yeah, I mean, I Shayna made this whole promo. I mean, you know, Ronda came out, no boo-hoo and woes me. And, you know, when, when Shayna came out and said something, you know, she's coming out because people don't want to hear Ronda on the mic. I thought that was the best part of the whole thing. And it was true, too. And, uh... I mean, I was talking to DJ off camera um, a few hours ago, and I told him, I said, I think they were saying that SummerSlam is going to be the, uh, Ronda's last match, I guess, where she's not, she not going to be around anymore after SummerSlam. So I'm I'm seeing maybe a loser leaves WWE match between her and Shayna, and that's where Shayna's going to beat her. I really think this promo was good for Shayna. It showed, you know, that she has some fire other than being in the ring. She, she was actually good on the mic. This is the best, uh, best mic work I've seen out of Shayna in a while. I gave it a B minus. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, when Ronda came down, I was like, oh, fuck. And then they gave her a mark for him. I'm like, oh, double fuck. And then Shayna comes out with 
you know, like I said, I don't remember the exact line, but, you know, I'm just going to tell you everybody else here is that nobody wants one. And the microphone was like, oh, fuck. I mean, it's just like, damn, just right off the bat. It's just like, you know, you're getting that leadoff home in a baseball game or opening kickoff return for a touchdown. I'm like, oh, shit, all right, here we go. And then, you know, give it to me. You owe it to me. And she's like, oh, it's you. Oh, it to you. You know, I had to, you know, earn everything I got. You were just giving it. Which, once again, is something that a lot of people, not only in the WWE universe as us fans, but as other competitors in the WWE thought when Ronda just stepped in and, and you know, um, yeah, in the past they used it as a storyline, but this it, it was a great way to do it. Um, all right. Mike's coming in and out again, even on Messenger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I think right now, once again, W as repeated, WWE needs to capitalize on Shayna Baszler being now a badass face on Monday Night Raw. Maybe the next um, contender for Rhea Ripley and wait on Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, maybe till next year at WrestleMania, you know, around that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved everything about it. I'm, I'm giving this one the Mr. 24 seven B plus. Okay. After that, we then had, um, Raquel and Liv come down to the ring and sit ringside. I thought maybe they were coming in for, you know, to celebrate their victory. But no, we then had a tag team turmoil match. Um, who's first now? I'm totally lost. I went first. Hey. Oh. All right. So the teams in the tag team turmoil were Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Caden Carter and Katana Chance, Emma and Nikki Cross, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, and then Dana Brooke and Keegan Knox. Trivia, go for it. <laughs> uh, I, I was, I mean, I saw it. Oh, Jesus. I, I mean... Uh, like Greg, like Greg and I talked about, you know, off the air earlier. I don't see what the difference was between this and a uh, um, gauntlet match. I mean, it was just, you know, whoever lost got out, then another team came in. And then I saw Dana Brooke, and I'm scratching my head like, who the hell is that with Dana Brooke? I didn't even recognize her. And then they said it was Deacon Knox. And... Um, Emma and Nikki Cross, well, that was kind of a unusual pairing because after uh, Indy Hardwell and Candice LeRae lost, Nikki Cross was kind of like sitting out on the ringside area, you know, talking like a little kid. I'm, I mean, I guess she still has uh, some things going on for, uh, for Candice LeRae. But I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't that great. Of a match, I mean, Sonya and Chelsea Green did get the win. 
But I still say that uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter are are obviously the best ones in that division right now. Too bad they didn't win. I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, why didn't they throw in like uh, um, what's your my mind just went so blank because she's never on. Um, Zia Lee and Piper Niven as another team. Um, uh, you know, just, just, yeah, let's just throw shit together and see what sticks the wall. But, but I mean, my question is if the women's tag team titles can be defended on both, on any brand, why wasn't Alba Fire and, um, Isla Dawn in this match? I agree. I, I don't, I don't understand that. Totally baffled my mind. Um, that's who I was waiting to see come out. And if you're going to waste my time with Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox and Emma with Nikki Cross, you, you know, you could have made it a little surprising, kind of, that Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green won. Um, but one thing I will say is when you compare to what Emma and Dana Brooke look like in the ring. Um, yeah, Chelsea Green doesn't look that bad anymore, um, performance-wise. And it's Nikki Cross is so much better than what they're doing with her. The whole thing was just fucked. Um, but Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, the quote-unquote top heels now as tag team, so you're going to put the top heels against the babyface tag team champions. I didn't like it. I gave it all a D plus. Mr. 24-7. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, this thing all around from top to bottom was horrible. Um, like, your point with Nikki. I mean, Nikki, if you look at all the names here, Nikki Cross is probably one of the best ones out of all of them. And she didn't even get in the ring and fight. They got her crying outside like a crazy person. Yep. It, it, it it makes absolutely no sense to me. The one thing that made sense that I was okay with was having Sonya and Chelsea actually win win the matches to, you know, uh, shall I say they deserve it? I don't know because these matches were absolutely horrible. Um, I actually graded them B minus F, D, and B minus. So it's like, I you know... <laughs> Overall, it's a C minus, you know, it's that, probably even worse, but it just sucked, you know, the, like I said, the best part, the only part that made any sense, you know, because like, I, you have pretty deadly dude, the, the last one in the men, where they just came out in the last match and won it, at least they had them fight them all, win them all, and make it, so that would be the only thing coming out of it that I, I could see, so I'm going to C minus. Okay, another thing I forgot to mention is... How disrespectful was WWE to Indy Hartwell? This was the former NXT Women's Champion making her main roster debut, and she enters and wrestles most of her match during a fucking commercial break? Yep. Yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on, Triple H. Triple H. Serious. All right. After that, we then went to um, 
a little backstage segment which confirmed that the Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupree were taking on the Viking Raiders with Valhalla. But before we got to that match, Becky Lynch, the man, um, came down to the ring. And I get to lead us off with this one. Um, guys, is it me? Or is Becky Lynch just starting to look a little too thin? I mean, not that she was ever overweight or anything, but she had a little more plump in the rump, a little more chub in the, you know, a little bit of, but she just looks like her cheeks look all bony. Her arms look almost anorexic. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but she called out Trish Stratus and Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark came out and Trish had one of those. I've got a broken nose, broken face, see-through plastic masks on. Um, Becky was like, well, you know, if you can't fight me, I'll fight Zoe Stark. And then they started to walk down and Trish had a doctor's appointment she forgot about that was at. You know, I mean, 9.30 on a Monday night. I don't know what kind of doctor she has in Canada. Um, she wasn't getting there from Baltimore on time. And uh, it's now confirmed that Becky Lynch take on Zoe Stark on next week's Raw. Um, another, in my opinion, waste of time. Didn't need it. I guess to kind of further the storyline, I don't know. Um, did like Corey saying something effective. Um, I have a lot of experience with with a with someone wearing a mask, you know, alluding to Carmella wearing her mask all the time. Um, but I didn't. I really didn't think much of this. Uh, you know, if I knew this is what it was going to be, I would have gone to the bathroom during that because I just didn't get anything from it. I actually gave it a C minus. Mister Twenty Four Seven. Um, yeah, to me, it was up and down. It was like, I thought Becky, who, to your point, I was like, when me and Jess were watching, I'm like, I was telling her, I said, she disappeared, basically. She, she's like, not even there anymore. It's like, uh, I think I said, it's like a skeleton with red hair. It, it doesn't even look right anymore. Like... I get you had a baby and you want to lose the baby weight or whatever, but I feel like she just forgot to stop or something. Like, just kept going. So definitely do, doing all cardio, the, doing all cardio and no weights. Yeah. So that's so, you know, I feel bad for that, but she, I thought she actually did a hell of a job on the mic here. She always does, but I mean, she was going to town on Trish and yeah. a lot of the shit, was saying was just like oh my god this is really good but like Trish who I think is usually okay on the mic I thought just was horrible this time like you know most of the stuff she was saying was like dumb shit about the crowd it, it just it seemed really just off to me um so it was like you know I, I thought it was really good with Beck and I thought it was really shitty with Trish I'll meet in between and go like C minus. I'll go. Okay, Mister Trivia. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I was looking at Trish going, home. I mean, at Becky going, oh my god. 
talk about somebody losing a lot of weight. Definitely uh, looking a little skinny there. And then when Trish came out with the mask, it was like, wait a minute, how, how did, you know, that's got to be a, a work or something. Because I don't remember her getting her, her face broken like, like that and money in the bank. But, I mean, yeah, Becky, I, I gave it, I gave the whole thing a, a B minus because of Becky on the mic. I thought she did a great job, you know, making, you know, making the points out with her, Trish and Zoe. Definitely looking forward to the match next week between her and Zoe. But yeah, I mean, things, I mean, maybe Becky feels that, you know, she can move around a lot quicker with all this weight that she looks like she's losing and everything, so... I just hope there's nothing, you know, seriously wrong with her. Oh, stop. Don't even, don't even go there. I just said I hope not. I know. But, I, but because of Becky being on the mic and everything, I give it a B minus. Okay. We then got to our six-person um, tag team match. Once again, Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupree. And the Viking Raiders with Valhalla. Mr. 24-7, you get to lead us off. Alright. Um, to me, I, I just can't... I, I just have a hard time with with, with this, uh, this this little rivalry, I'll say. Because really, I, I feel like they fight every week here. So, But it's just so... Like, there was part in the match where... You know, they were doing all their funny clown stuff. You know, it was after, like, Maxine tried to do the, the worm or so. I mean, all that's just ridiculous. But there was a part where Gable was in the ring. He did probably a shoosh or something. And then, like, you've seen his face. It, like, turned. He became serious. And, like, the rest of the match was just a serious, fight, like, wrestling match. You know, so it's like, that's what I want to see the whole time. You know, just a, 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 a serious chat, even if it's just Gable and they don't do it to Otis, which they should with him too. Make them both serious. They're both okay. And, and Chad is great. So this clown shit sucks to me. Um, that Valhalla and the Viking Raiders, I feel like they're better than what they're getting put in. And, you know, it just sucks all around to see. Um, I went C, C plus, I went. Okay. Trivia. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree. I, I really didn't like this match all that much. I mean, I know Maxine Dupree is still, you know, in training and she's very, very green. But it had, that had to be the worst and funniest caterpillar I think I've ever seen anybody do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that was bad. But, yeah. um, and even with Valhalla, you know, Everybody knows it used to be Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan was good when she was Sarah Logan. And now that she's Valhalla, she really doesn't get in the ring that much because she's, you know, guiding the Viking Raiders, and they're just not cutting it anymore. I mean, I don't know what, what the deal is, why they keep putting them in matches and having them lose, but I really didn't like the match all that much. I give it a C-. minus. Okay. Well, the reason why they keep losing is because is they're no longer the new and vicious Viking Raiders. So you can't win if you're no longer vicious. Um, I mean, let uh, the goods versus the, the bad. The good is also the bad. 
it's good that Alpha Academy is finally starting to get a little push, but it's bad that it took them adding a stupid character like Maxine Dupree to the equation to make it happen. Um, the, the whole Caterpillar thing that Maxine did, it, it was weird to me because she's a professionally trained dancer. She was a cheerleader um, for L.A. Rams. She was a um, one of those dancers for the Phoenix Suns. So if you're a professionally trained dancer, how the fuck can you not do the proper worm unless it was meant to be that way? Um, which I, I, I hope is the case. Um, obviously, she's very green in the ring. She doesn't get much, even if she's been training and you know with the Op Academy or um, Drew Smiley or anybody else at the um, performance center, and she's just trying to make herself look bad. She's doing a good job at it. It was okay. Um, the once again, the main positive about it was that we didn't see Alpha Academy lose. I, I don't know what other variations they can do of this match. Um, because they've done, you know, each singles. Um, the only other thing they could possibly do is a singles match between Valhalla and Maxine Dupree. And I honestly think that's going to be the SummerSlam main event. I really think Roman will step aside to let them have the main event spotlight. Um, but I, I gave this just a straight up shake. Okay. After that, we then went to the Women's World Championship match where it was Rhea Ripley defending against Natalia. Um, Mr. 24-7. This, this match actually blew me away, to be honest. Because I really, after everything we've been seeing this, you know, I, I, I expected something more than what we've been seeing. You know, at least for Natty's, you know, for just, uh, just respect in general to get, at least make it better. But this was, like, leaps and bounds better. I mean, this was like, this was a great freaking match. I mean... Rhea, she whooped Rhea up in a lot of it, you know, and it was good. It was nice to see. I mean, you know, we all knew Natty had all that in her. It just sucks that, you know, it doesn't come out often, you know, but I'm glad it did here because this made for a great, great match. You know, yeah, Rhea winning, of course. You know, I can't see the title change or anything like that, but... Man, kudos to Natty, because everything in this was great. I mean, everything. Um, like, I, I feel like Natty might even control more of the match than Rhea. You know, um, it was awesome. It was great. I gave it a B plus. The, 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 the Mr. 24-7. <laughs> um, Mr. Trivia. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I mean, this is a side of Natty that we haven't seen and we've been waiting to see. For quite a while, and Rhea knew she was in a match uh, last night because 
trivia we're talking about this match i said i yesterday before raw i i even said to him i said i think we're gonna see a different side of natty and we did um right off the bat jumping her in the you know the aisle on her way down to the ring i you know was kind of hoping that that the match would actually technically never start because fantasy point wise i could have just gotten the appearance um points and not lose the points for loss once the match started well that's it it's over but this was definitely a highly competitive match. This was the match I expected to see it showcased on a premium live event like Night of Champions. Yeah. Um, this was the longest match of the night. This match was 12 minutes and 45 seconds. The next longest match was the six, five women turmoil match, tag team match. It was like 11 minutes and change. So to be the featured match title-wise... I, I, they pulled off every every home run that they could in that match. It was very entertaining. I mean, you know, when Rhea got the, you know, towards the end of the match, I saw her teeth were all red because she, you know, got her, you know, crimson smile, which was something delivered from Natalia at some point, whether it was on purposely or, or whatever, don't know. But, yeah, it was it was a good match between two talented wrestlers. And Natalia... You know, maybe they're maybe they're gonna do the same thing that they're doing, you know, with the Miz. You know, hey, let's let's give you this little final, you know, not really a push, but like a little nudge, um, to let people realize how you are and what you really are to get into appreciation. But this was an excellent match. I, I also gave this to Mister Twenty Four Seven the uh, B plus. After that, we then went to a singles matchup between Matt Riddle and Giovanni Vinci. Um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I just had a message sent to me. I, I apologize. Uh, Mr. Trivia, you are up. Uh, I really don't know what to say about this match. I mean, Riddle... You know, since since he's been back, he's been you know he's been doing all right in the ring. Vinci, you know, he he was just on crutches a couple days ago, and now all of a sudden he's back in the ring, jumping around, doing whatever he's got to do. And I I wasn't really too wild about this match. It was nice, you know, at the end of the match to see you know Drew McIntyre come back, come out and get in Gunter's face, which I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing those two go at it whenever it happens, but. Yeah, I really, uh, I really didn't care too much for this match. I gave it a C+. All right. It was, I mean, two things. It was very, very, very short. The overall match was less than two minutes. So I kind of feel like 
you know, yeah, Riddle's popular, so let's just let's just put him out there in the match. And you know what? We'll throw Giovanni Vinci out there, kind of a, trying to get retribution over his little ankle thing that Riddle did to him. Um, Giovanni Vinci, I think he's 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 also. I, I mean, I think all of Imperium, well, not including Gunther. But I think both Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci are very, very underutilized and underrated. Because Giovanni Vinci, everything he does, whether he's selling or if he's giving a drop kick or taking a drop kick, everything he does just flows so smoothly. Um, there's no thought process behind it. He just does it. And, you know, you got to, you know, give, give the man credit for that. But this was obviously just something to focus on. The three guys from Imperium, well, two guys coming in from Imperium to beat up on Riddle to get the save by Drew McIntyre with the Claymore and the Glasgow Kiss and then the face-to-face between him and Gunther just to tease the potential or eventual matchup between Drew McIntyre and Gunther. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't like it. I gave it a save. nothing there, you know, I mean, there was stuff there, but match-wise, there was really nothing there, I mean, like I said, it was, it wasn't really time to do much, you know, the little that they both did, both looked really good, and you're right about, about Vinci and, uh, and Ludwig Kaiser, I mean, them boys are good, you know, everything they do is just very, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just on point every time they're in the ring. And I feel like they could be one of them tag teams that, you know, kind of help carry the, the tag team division for a while now or in the future. Um, but match-wise, blah, I mean, I didn't see nothing wrong with it. You know, with the little we've seen. So uh, I gave C-plus, I think. Okay. After that, we then went to the main event of the evening. Oh, excuse me. Where it was Dirty Dom. And that's right. Those two words or those two sentences together, main event and Dirty Dom, are still shocking to me. But it was against Seth freaking Rollins. Um... Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest came down to the ring with Dominic. Um, I get to lead us off with this. And, uh, I mean, once again, the crowd reactions and just the singing of Seth Rollins' song is just... You would think by now it would start to get annoying, but no, it doesn't. Could stand here for five minutes and waiting, and it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think it's good that they keep a spotlight on him and the rest of the arena, because I, I mean, I'm not going to say 100% guarantee, but I 98.5% guarantee that even his opponents kind of crack a little smile at the amazement of, of everybody doing this, because all in all be all, they're, they're all, you know, Civil, most of them are civil to each other backstage and appreciate, you know, certain things. The match, eh, it was okay. Um, you know, 
we were kind of getting involved when when uh, Seth Brown was getting to do his let me run across the ring and bounce off the rope. Um, then Dominic hits him from the back. It, it was in in ring action. I mean, it was kind of what you expect. Um, Mike Rita's raising your hand. No, I was scratching. Oh, okay. Cause I looked away for a second, looked back, and then I saw your hand like this, thinking, you know, okay, you had something to say. Um, then Damien, you know, after the match is over, the disqualification, and then Damien beating the ever-lipping, loving God out of Seth Rollins, Dominic helping him, throwing him in the ring. Damien Priest is getting ready to cash in or attempt to cash in because nothing's guaranteed in the men's side. And then Finn Balor comes out and, okay, here we go. Now, okay, all right, I guess it's one of those going to come down to, you know, this boat ain't big enough for the two of us and, you know, okay, or this town, whatever, and okay, corral shootout between Finn Balor and Judgment Day for, you know, loser leaves the Judgment Day. Yeah, I could already see Vince with his little hands in the cookie jar wanting this, wanting this, because I don't see anybody else wanting it because I love Judgment Day the way it is, but I don't get paid, you know, $2.8 million to be part of WWE Creative, so they ain't listening to me. So overall and everything, I'm going to give it all a B-. minus. Missed that right. 24-7. Yeah, uh, the match itself was, you know, like you said, expected. You know, the hit and runs in the beginning from Dom and just the, the chicken shit heel that he is. You know, it's just, it's working. Um, you know, the one thing for me, and I'm the total opposite, I can't, I, I can't stand it anymore, the thing I can't, and it's not like I was, like, I just found myself the other night, like, I cannot stand this. To me, it just goes on too long, and I don't know why I can't stand it. I just, I don't have, I don't, I don't know. I don't not like it. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I, I still love Seth, always will. So him, you know, winning the match with a DQ to me was fucking shitty, too. I hate when they do lazy, you know, booking. They could have came up with something here. This is the the match, you know, the the main event. Come on, they could have came up with something instead of having him come in and hit him. It, it was all just stupid to me. Um, I, I you know the end thing is what to me gave I gave the it all a B minus because of it all. At you know I love Finn coming out right at that last moment, right when he's about to. Ca- I love that. So I'm anxious to see how they. Uh, continue to go with that. So I'll go B minus. Okay. And Mr. Trivia. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about Seth's music and his song and everything, is it me, but do they seem to be doing the similar thing with Nakamura's song, only not as long? And, Mm. but the, um, this match was, you know, it was kind of what I expected. I mean, Dom, Dirty Dom, and then he's in the main event, which, you know, like Craig said, you know, Dom and main event, you still kind of get, not, not used to saying that, but uh, I think they picked a good person to have a, a heel, he plays a good heel role, <clears throat> and then, you know, as the match is going on, 
Finn Balor comes out, and I'm starting to see cracks in the Judgment Day, so I'm expecting a split between the, between them before SummerSlam. And um, but I just thought that it was a uh, it was a, a pretty a pretty decent match. I, I enjoyed watching it. I gave it a B plus. Okay, Trip. Overall, what did you overall, think of Raw? Uh, I think it could have just some. Parts of it that could have been better. Some parts, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a B. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, was okay for a Monday. It was a little bit better than okay for a Monday Night Raw, I should say. Um, I, I'll, I'll give it uh, like a flat B minus an 80. Just just a little bit over a C plus to say I'll, I'll give it a full B minus. Mr. 24-7. I got B-minus also. You know, there, there was a couple good parts here and there sprinkled in that kind of made it okay. So we'll go B-minus. <laughs> okay. And that is our Monday Night Raw recap. My question for you. Do you, yeah, sure. do you write down our grades along with what you have written down? Just out of curiosity. Do I what? Write down the grades that we give on matches to court to kind of compare to your grades. No, I write down the I write down the grades um, when I watch the matches. What I do with the pen is I check them off oh, as we're talking okay. about. Them. All right. So I never noticed because so, normally it's just you. This is all we ever see you is like right here because um, when we're on Facebook Live, the camera just zooms in much more. Um, so I never see what you're doing with your hands, which I guess could be a good thing just in case you have one of those. Yeah. No, I, I, I just check the matches off as we talk about them. Okay. All right, trivia. All right. We're going to start off tonight's episode of Nuggies News with a um, hot takes. I have some hot takes here based on Monday Night Raw. And I want you guys to agree or disagree with them. The first one they have is Judgment Day needs to turn on Finn Balor to become Raw's dominant stable. DJ, what do you think? I disagree. Disagree. I disagree also. Okay, why? <laughs> I think they're already a pretty dominant faction right now. And if anything, I think they would be, in my opinion, I really think they'd be a hell of a lot stronger if they got rid of Dom. Well. <clears throat> and maybe brought in uh, J.D. McDonough. Unfortunately, they're not going to get rid of Dom. He's the one that's, quote, unquote, the biggest crowd reaction of any of them. Um, So they're not going to get rid of him. You either want to be the most loved or the most hated, and he's the most hated. But, I mean, I agree agree with Trim. I mean, what other... How much more dominant do they need to be? They are the dominant... I mean, what... uh, Imperium? Are they... Compared to them, are they more dominant on... On Raw, 
Then Judgment Day, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, overall, maybe because Gunther, but when you add in the rest, the way that they're, you know, performing, yeah. The next one. Shayna Baszler will be a top woman on the Raw brand after destroying Ronda Rousey. I agree. I, I, I hope. I agree, and I hope they do it. I, I also do. I, I hope that they lay a beating down on this woman um, and Shayna sh- throws out all her frustration of basically Ronda being given everything and not having to earn anything. Next one they have. Natalia proved why she deserves a better um, position on the women's main roster. Agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last one they have, Katana Chance and Caden Carter are the brightest future in the women's WWE tag division. DJ, agree. Agree. Yeah, I, I really like that team. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, I do think just... I don't know. There's something about um, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire and, and just their entrance and, and just, you know, kind of makes me think that with a little bit more seasoning together, they could be a formidable tag team. Um, a little bit of news, as, as Trivia kind of uh, spoiled a little bit before, it is being reported that Ronda Rousey, in her contract, has what's called an out clause. Um, It's like a reverse with WWE. WWE releases you while you're under contract. You can't compete for 90 days. She has the reverse in her contract where he can give WWE, she can give WWE, say, hey, this is my last date with WWE but she has to give 90 days notice. It is believed that Ronda Rousey gave her 90 days notice an undisclosed day, week, month, two months ago. Um, a lot of people knew knew she had this and assumed that she was going to hang around, maybe take some time off, go back to her ranch, and be back for WrestleMania next year. But it is being reported that she has exercised her out clause. She will no longer be under contract. And it is assumed that the reason why they did this whole thing with with Shayna Baszler out of the blue is because they want to get in that one last feud that they've been thinking about for apparently a long time between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, we, what the hell, where'd it go? Oh. Give me one second, I'll be right here. All right, Trip has to go pee. Um, wow, look at how he walks away, man. That guy's in a lot of pain. He's in a lot of pain. Um, for those of you that heard, those of you may not even notice, I know when I mentioned the trip, he said he didn't notice. 
I know we did. I don't even think we discussed it on our on our recap show. Uh, maybe we did. I don't remember. But during the women's money bank ladder match, Samantha Urban announced that Bailey was part of Judgment Day, and she even said Judgment Day, like she says it when she's announcing Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, so on and so forth. Well, they've been going and bantering a little bit back and forth. There was a promotional picture of Damian Priest and EO Sky together with their briefcase. Bailey then tweeted, you know, thank you for the spoiler. I didn't know that we were partnering up with Damian Priest, and she tagged Samantha Urban. Samantha Urban then came back with, yo, sorry, but somebody had to tell you. And she's really, really, really been taking this like a true professional. I mean, mistakes happen. Actions happen. I personally think that if she had really thought about it, what she could have done was the next time she was announcing um, anybody else um, that she announced them being part of damage control, the further the joking, but we didn't get that at all. Um, right now, it is, well, quote-unquote unconfirmed, but right now there are currently six storylines um, or I should say matches planned for SummerSlam 2023. So, once again, I'll give you guys the matches, um, agree to disagree on a level of, you know, 0 through 10, or, you know, as to whether or not you agree. And then on a scale, once again, of 1 to 10, excitement level for this match. First one, one we just talked about. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would say, I would say nine nine for that. I, I would love to see. I know it's going to happen. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like nine point nine out of ten that it's going to happen. But you mean nine that it's going to and nine on an excitement level. Yep. Okay. DJ? 10, 10, I'm going. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll go 10 um, as far as it happening. And, I mean, I, I, I unfortunately, I go back to NXT when Triple H was running NXT and Johnny Gargano had his, fail, his last match, he lost. Knowing Sonya Deville was having to take time off, put her in a store now with Mandy Rose, she loses. I, I just, I'm scared. That's the only reason why I don't know if I want it to happen. Because I'm scared that they're going to do something stupid and have Ronda win and walk away with a win. But excitement level, I would probably be at a nine. Okay. Gunther... Defending his IC title against Drew McIntyre. Um, God, I'll go 10 10 again. Okay. Jim? I'll go. Uh, I'll go nine, nine and a half. Okay. Um, spoiler alert. I'm honestly going to say I'm going to give likelihood of these happening all a 10. Because 
I really see all this happening. So, excuse me, excitement level. I'm. I mean, I'm gonna go to a seven, only because kind of been there, done that. We we've seen this. I don't, you know, so I don't know. If, you know, all this time off. This is what you're giving me now. But next one, Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. Uh, excitement level for me, about a five. Okay. Um, likelihood of it happening, eight. Really? Only an eight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like all signs point to another match here. So I'll go ten, and I'll go, like, only because I only because I, I hope we see Becky give her another nice swift punch to the mouth. I'll go like seven. I'll go. Okay, I, I'm gonna go excitement level. Um, I'll I'll go right in the middle and say six. Only because I, I'm I'm hoping there's more to it that kind of makes it a little bit more exciting. Not necessarily for me, personally, because if what happens, you know, back here, that, that could possibly happen, um, I wouldn't like to see it, but I think the crowd would be into it. It would make it more enjoyable. Um, Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca. Man, um... I mean, I feel like that's probably what's happening here. So I'll go, I'll go like eight there on a triple threat. And excitement, I just, I don't know. I say it all the time. I can't stand triple threat matches. But I mean, all three are good. We got a title. I'll go, I'll go eight six. Okay, trivia. I'll go uh, eight nine. Okay, and once again, I think likelihood of happening is a 10. I don't think there's any way around it with the three right now. I could see, say, Charlotte beating Asuka or Asuka beating Charlotte and Bianca once again saying, hey, I still haven't lost. You know, where's my title shot? I didn't get pinned. I didn't get beat. I want my rematch or continuing a feud with whoever, you know, the other partner and, and then whatever. Um, I think this is almost as, 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 you know, what's the first letter of the alphabet? Um, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes. I would say eight, eight and ten. Likelihood only an eight or excitement level an eight? Excitement level an eight. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I'll go 10 8 also. You know, unless if it's just a straight up wrestling match, I I honestly would go as low as 5. There's got to be a stipulation. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's well, unless it's something stupid like, you know, a hubcap on a pole match. Um <laughs> but I mean, you want to give me an extreme rules match, you want to give me Balls count anywhere, anything. Just give me something. 
just a regular straight up one on one wrestling match. I'm just I just don't I don't think I'm really excited about that at all. And then the other match, um, Roman Reigns versus main event Jay Uso. Likelihood nine point five. Okay. Excite excitement level ten. I, I yeah, I mean I I don't I'm not gonna say like a point five, but I see why you say that because I feel that way too, because I feel like there's just something that might be there to screw this up. But I mean he pinned them. It is right. Screw it, I'm going ten ten. Okay. Um yeah, once again, likelihood in my personal opinion, ten. Um and, and excitement level just Every time I think, okay, it's just like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, this is going to be just okay. And it winds up blowing, you know, my doors off. Um, I'll go excitement level. I'll go a 9.75 just in case that 0.25 is a total shit of a match. Right. And then it is being noted that Logan Paul is being locally advertised in Detroit um, at the arena for being one of the, um, I don't want to say competitors, one of the superstars that will be there. Originally, it was rumored that it was possibly going to be Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny. But I think after Monday Night Raw, we might see a Logan Paul versus Ricochet in a tightrope match. <laughs> the way these guys can walk across those ropes. And what the hell did I save all those for? This makes me and the one, confused. And the one thing I'll never forget is seeing Ricochet and Logan Paul crack together in midair. Yeah. Um, all right, well, just one other quick thing on the injury front. Um, no new Randy Orton news as of this time. It is still being expected that if he's going to be making a return, it would be for something at SummerSlam. Um, if not, they're saying they may shove his return all the way to Royal Rumble. Um, so if we don't see him at SummerSlam, maybe number 30 next year is Randy Orton. Um, right after number 29, Cody Rhodes comes in. And Randy Orton is the one to eliminate Cody Rhodes, and we get WrestleMania 30 main event of Randy Orton, Roman Reigns. Not Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, as that is the rumored WrestleMania 40 main event for next year. Um, Triple H and W. Triple H is reported, and WWE has confirmed that there was indeed one injury sustained during the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Um, wouldn't go into any details as to who got injured, but it wasn't an injury that happened during either match. Said competitor that got injured was, quote-unquote, showing their exhaustion and, and how much they've got got beaten out of them and as they were walking backstage, 
they misstepped and turned their ankle. Um, and, and sprained their ankle. Nothing happened. But Morgan Paul was actually, he did his um, pulse, impulsive TV today. Um, said, yeah, I've got some scrapes and, you know, a couple bruises, but no concussion, no anything. Um, you know, he was talking about how Ricochet basically saved him. Um, with that Spanish fly flip that they did, he actually helped throw a little more into it, which allowed Logan Paul to kind of flip over a little bit more. He said, if not, he said, I may have gone, you know, back of head first into the table or front of the face first into the table, not the back of my head. Could have busted up my face, but he's all fine. And, uh, yeah, so somebody was just clumsy and tripped over themselves. I've been there. Um, and that's Nuggies news for this evening. Trivia, what do you got coming up for um, independent shows? All right, I got a few new ones here to report on. July 7th, Blitch Creek Pro. I just found this today. July 7th, Blitch Creek Pro Wrestling presents Pro Wrestling Luau at the Old Country Banquet. Hall in Enfield, Connecticut. Doors open at 6.30. Bell time is at 7.30. Tickets can be purchased at blitzkriegpro.net. Scheduled to appear is former WWE wrestler Lince Dorado, AEW star Billy Strakes, Anthony, I don't know who it is either, Anthony Green, Jordan Oliver, the Bedlam champion, Andy Brown, Adam Everett, Skyler. They're having a special fans bring pool toys match. I have no idea what that is, but that's what it's called. (laughs) And a tag team match of YDNB, whatever the hell that stands for, I don't know. But it's a six-man tag team. YDNB going against the Miracle Ones. I think this is a hell of a team, Greg. Kylon King, Flash Waller, and Ichiban. Okay. On the same team. So that's Blitz Creek Pro, July 7th, at the Old County Banquet Hall in Enfield, Connecticut. Also, July 13th, Micro Wrestling Federation, the only independent Midget Wrestling Promotion in Connecticut is going to be at Chicago Sam's Sports Bar July 13th in Cromwell, Connecticut. So I figured I would just, you know, mention that because it's indie wrestling. Also, TOS Wrestling, Test of Strength at the Elks Club, 283 West Main Street, Waterbury, Connecticut on Saturday, July 8th. Uh, TNT will be making his TOS debut. Like I said, the Ninth Wonder Women's Tournament semifinals they're having. Ryan Frost versus TJ Howell. Cold, uh, Ryan Frost and TJ Howell versus a team called Cold Cat. Cash. And also on the card, Slick Wagner Brown, Bobby Ocean, and Sammy Diaz. Also scheduled... Just one second. That's July 8th, yes. 
a week later, TOS Wrestling is doing another show called Undeniable. Saturday, July 15th, also at the Elks Club, 283 West Main Street in Waterbury, Connecticut, which should be an interesting show. And July 16th, Battle at the Bla- Battle at Black Rock, Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling presents Battle at Black Rock. It's a 1 p.m. Doors open at 1 p.m. Special start time of 2:30. The main event is Blood, Sweat, and Tears champion Lucas Chase against Wrecking Ball Ligurski. A women's match: Clara Carreras versus Mother Endless, whoever that is. Joe Alexander versus Sammy Diaz. R.J. Rude versus Brad Baylor, and Mantequilla versus Flash Waller. And this match will be at, held at 2926 First Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It's Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling presents Battle at Black Rock. So anybody out there in those areas, definitely check out those wrestling shows. How about the PAPW show in the 8th? Oh, that's right. They're having Bash at the Brewery. How the hell did I miss that one? Yes, Bash at the Brewery, July 8th. Yep, tickets are $20. Oh, I got two more here. Okay. Forgot. Sorry, folks. PAPW, Bash at the Brewery, July 8th. Tickets are $20. $10 for children under 12. That's at 190 River Street in New Haven, Connecticut. And Coliseum Pro Wrestling, Friday, August 4th, 7.30 p.m., Clash at the Coliseum at the Elks Lodge, 265 Main Street in Waterbury. Doors open at 7. Bell time is at 7.30. Tickets, general admission, $20. And the Elks members and kids under 12 get in for $10. So... There's a slew of indie shows coming up in the next five or six weeks. Definitely want to check them out. You know, what confuses me a little bit about this is, is they're all in the general area. Um, and, I mean, I mean, I know they're, quote, unquote, competing organizations. I mean, AEW competes with WWE. Um, Impact competes with WWE and AEW. But they don't. AEW doesn't do their shows on Monday or Friday, or even Tuesday. They do them on Wednesday and Saturday. Impact does them on Thursday. I don't understand why local organizations that quote unquote share wrestlers put shows on on the same night. I know. I mean, you have tests of strength. Um, which several of the wrestlers that are on their card, I know we've seen at PAPW shows, and PAPW, they both have shows on the 8th. I just, I don't, and once again, I understand, you know, McDonald's stays open, or Burger King stays open as late as Wendy's, and Taco Bell stays open later to compete with them, but... You know, Joe's restaurant up the street opens up earlier than them. I don't know. I, I just yeah. I don't understand. I don't get that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. 
So, but that's that's the indie report that I have for this week. Okay. So, oh yeah. So, one thing I want to talk about, get you guys' opinions on this, is I know it's a couple days away, but this Friday night on SmackDown, the Usos are going to do the trial of the Tribal Chief. I mean, this might be something interesting because supposedly Alpha and Seeker are going to be there, which I didn't know that they really can still move around at their age. And Rikishi's going to be there. So I, I, I wonder what this is going to be all about. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll quote unquote, I'll believe it when I see it because we're supposed to have some tribal chief trial months ago and that never happened. Okay. So. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, if I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But like, it's hard because anything that they've been doing has been awesome. But I mean, if they're gonna do a trial like this, the only way it works is there is if all them other guys are there. So. Right. Hopefully, they're all there, you know, and they make it work good. We'll see. Yep. So. So what 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 if this came down to Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso for quote unquote control of the bloodline with The Rock as a special guest referee because he's cousins to both, brothers to none, and can be impartial. That would be that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. And see, WWE, because cool. The Rock doesn't have to get in a wrestling shape. He's already in, at, you know, working out and muscular and could pump a couple extra pounds to get a little bit more jack, you know, inflate a little more in the, mus- you know, in the muscles if he had to. Double you know, go man. all out. Spend the $2.5 million for a 28-minute job. <laughs> right. Plus, I think it would be interesting to see The Rock and Roman Reigns face-to-face. And what would be more interesting is to see the double turn. To see The Rock, Rock Bottom, Jey Uso, and then Roman to be, like, shocked and then come over to him, and then him to, to Rock Bottom, Roman Reigns, and kind of saying, you know... Neither one of you, you know, can be the tribal chief. I'm the one true tribal chief, blah, blah, blah. And then carry the storyline all the way to, to WrestleMania. Anything cool. so we don't have to see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns again. <laughs> that would be cool. To call them both the bronies. Yeah. You think you're the tribal chief? It doesn't matter, you know. Now, I mean, a lot of times I see, and Greg knows this, a lot of times I see these crazy um, websites that give us crazy matches for premium live events. And one of the matches I saw on this crazy-ass website was this guy predicting a universal heavyweight championship match for SummerSlam. Roman Reigns defending the title against Omos. <laughs> and I saw that, and it's like, that. Nah, there's no way that's going to happen. No, not in the middle of this whole bloodline thing. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, no. 
if, if they carried the bloodline out until this whole thing with the bloodline out until next year at WrestleMania and continued on with it, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate it. It's, it's great. It's got to be one of the best storylines I think WWE has ever come out with in a long, long time. Absolutely. Decades. Yep. So I mean, probably, actually, probably, you know, I think that the, I mean, the only other storyline that I could think of that was even close to interesting was Hornswoggle being named uh, Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. I think that was the next, the second best storyline I can recall in WWE. There you go. So... But yeah, we'll have to see about this Friday night on SmackDown. Has there has there been any uh, matches confirmed for Friday night SmackDown yet, Greg? Um, I, I mean it's usually it's way I mean usually way too early, but I did remember seeing something. Just give me a second. Whoops! I hate when I pull up the wrong app. And okay, it's got to go away. And one more moment. Um, no, I mean, the only thing it says, um, is that Reigns is slated to go to court as the Usos will hold the trial. Um, oh, and then it says, oh, here we go. Updated WWE SmackDown lineup. United States Championship match. Austin Theory defending against Sheamus. AJ Styles takes on Karrion Cross, And the Grayson Waller effect with special guest Edge. And then the trial, the trial of the tribal chief Roman Reigns. Okay. So I guess I just didn't scroll down enough on this article. Could be yeah. two good matches for Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. AJ Styles, Karrion Cross. That should be an interesting one. But what, I mean, any any thoughts as to why Edge would be on the Grayson Waller effect? I mean, other than the fact that Grayson Waller effect is a talk show on SmackDown and Edge is part of SmackDown? I mean, keep him from wrestling. And to get him out there and just keep him off to take a bump? I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, I know a couple of the guys I follow on social media that, that do wrestling content thinks that this is where Edge is going to announce his planned date for retiring. And and the only reason why I don't believe that is because Edge, Edge doesn't need the Grayson Waller effect to announce that. He's, he's fucking Edge. Yeah. He can, you know, come out to the ring at any time with a microphone, sit on a chair in a spotlight and do that. Why does he need the yep. Grayson Waller effect? So I don't, I don't think that that's what it's going to be. But, I, I mean, I don't know why else Edge is coming out to do the Grayson Waller effect. I just... I mean, I don't think it's going to turn into anything that will lead into a match between the two. I mean, uh, I, can see, I can see some physicality going. Like, maybe Edge was just like, listen, you got to get me out here. I need to punch somebody. Right. You know, they're like, all right, let's throw you out here. Go, go ahead, punch them, spear them, you know, and call them in it. Call them to you know, um, something like that. 
Yeah, right. maybe Grayson Waller suggests that his time is up and maybe he should retire, which causes a switch to flip in Edge's head, and he does exactly that. Spears him. Right. And then kind of says, I'll retire when I want to retire. And that's when Omos comes out and obliterates Edge, and we get Edge and Omos at SummerSlam. There we go. All right, guys. uh, Anything else you want to add? Mm, Nothing else that I could think of. DJ? I got nothing. All right, guys. Well, great show tonight. And, uh, Happy Fourth of July, everybody! Yep, Happy Fourth of July. Unless you're listening to this on Wednesday, then Happy Fifth. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So on behalf of the Notion Greg and Mister Twenty Four Seven, this is the illustrious Mister Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Sunday.